0: I spent a weekend doing research, but also thinking really deeply about how to focus on a new differentiated type of creating a new differentiated type of surf company. And we sort of landed on, and my business partner Martine agreed, on a simple vision or a simple mission of creating the most loved surf company in the world.
1: Welcome to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. My name is Mike Flynn, and I'm stoked you've decided to join me on this journey to bring about a massive and positive change in the lives of others. Every week, you're going to join me behind closed doors, where I will introduce you to entrepreneurs, leaders, and innovators from a variety of industries to learn how their contributions are impacting the lives of others and how they are having a game-changing impact in the world. Thanks for investing your time with me today. Now, grace for impact. You and I are a lot alike. We're busy and sometimes we get stuck and we need tools to help us get unstuck. And this is why I'm such a huge fan of the Unstuck app. And you can go back and listen to episode one to hear why. But today I'm even more pumped because the unstuck team has just launched an online platform called life courses to help us make a change in our lives by first helping us understand what's holding us back and then helping design a personalized action plan for moving forward. I just started the first life course myself and it's a high impact, awesome experience, something you and I can do together. I know what you're saying. I'm too busy and still Life Courses is designed specifically for busy people like you and me, and you're worth it, I'm worth it. So head over to unstuck.com forward slash impact and sign up today. I'd love to hear back from you. Send me your stories via email at info at net or the Impact Entrepreneur Show Facebook page. And of course, we will link to all of this awesomeness in the show notes. Welcome back to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. If you are just joining us, we are pumped you're here, and we just concluded an incredible series on leadership with guests like retired U.S. Navy SEAL and New York Times bestselling author Jocko Willink, the queen of questions and the author of The Secrets Leaders Keep, Amy K. Hutchins, serial entrepreneur and executive coach from View from the Top, Aaron Walker, and co-founder of the Washington Speakers Bureau and author of What Made Me Who I Am, Bernie Swain. Each of these guests shared powerful lessons, and there's a lot there. So if you missed those episodes, I encourage you to go back and check them out. This week, we are going to embark on a new journey I'm calling the Small Town Series. For the next few weeks, we will feature innovative, bootstrapping entrepreneurs from Santa Cruz a small town in Northern California that also happens to be my hometown. At the end of each of these conversations, my hope is that you recognize that you don't need to be in some metropolis in order to launch a cool company, product, or service and succeed, and that you also gain valuable tips and insights that will help you continue to move along your path and gain progress, and also help you to begin to realize the importance of vision and the power of community. But before we jump into this week's guest, I want to remind everyone that I've created a private Facebook community for fans of the show to come together, build a community, and engage in dialogue about how each of us can become better impact entrepreneurs. You can join that community by signing up at www.theimpactentrepreneur.net forward slash group. And I'd love to hear from you there. So round one of the Small Town Series is with David Dennis of Ventana Surfboards and Supplies. David drives sales, marketing, and surf supply innovation for Ventana. He was raised in Northern California. He lives with his wife and two teenagers by the beach on the west side of Santa Cruz, a gorgeous place. His love of surfing, travel, photography, and family keeps him grounded and passionate about the world. David's love for the ocean deepened at the age of 16 when he and his family became certified scuba divers. He was an instructor by age 19, and save a two-year stint in Madrid, he has always lived near saltwater. David began surfing later in life and quickly developed into a daily love affair with it. David graduated from San Diego State University with an undergraduate degree in sociology and a master's degree in political science and he's worked as a public school teacher for at-risk kids. His education and teaching experience helped him hone his deep sense of social responsibility, and his love of the sea has driven his focus on ocean conservation. David has traveled to more than 40 countries and has a passion for travel photography and shooting street portraits in developing countries. For the last 15 years, he has worked in a program and product management leadership roles at one of the largest software companies in the world. And David employs his passions to support causes focused on improving education, ending homelessness, and conservation of our oceans. It was through a photo portrait project to support the Surfrider Foundation that David and his partner met. They became friends and realized that they shared a vision to create a surf company focused on craftsmanship, responsibility, and adventure. They hone their business and product plans in the surf lineup and are working to grow Ventana into the most loved surf company on the planet. Today, David shares how a passion developed late in life, combined with the strong purpose to impact the community and environment, turned into a brilliant business idea. The importance of building a community and a tribe around that idea and how he and his partners protect the vision and mission of the organization. Don't be a podcast junkie. Bust out your pens and paper. Take some notes. Embrace for impact. David Dennis, welcome to the Impact Entrepreneur Show, where we have conversations with entrepreneurs like yourself who are using their product, service, or platform to have a game-changing impact in the world. And I always start the conversation off with my favorite question, which is, if you could pick any superpower, what would it be and how can we as entrepreneurs apply the essence of that superpower in our daily lives or business idea? Wow. That's a
0: tough one. I think th- it's probably the easiest answer, but it's it's the ability to see the future. I don't know that you'd want to see everything about the future. Like I don't know that you want to see when you're going to die or something bad that's going to happen to your family or something like that, but just to be able to predict in some way or to see in some way. Um, industry trends in, you know, even just a few months out, I think would be really helpful. So I'd love to be able to see the future in some way or another. And I think in terms of being an entrepreneur, I mean, that's kind of what we're doing all the time. Um, Trying to look at a disparate group of things that some of which may not even be related to the mission of your company, to get a sense for what's happening in technology, what's happening with the environment, what's happening in politics, and just kind of keeping your finger on the pulse of A variety of different trends that might impact your business. So I think we're, we're all as entrepreneurs trying to see the future every day anyway, but to have a little bit more insight with that kind of superpower, I think would be really powerful. Yeah, I know
1: that would be a lot of fun too, especially with a company like yours, who's so, you know, creating cool, really cool products, but very mission oriented and to see, to be able to see the impact that you're going to have in, in your local community, let alone the rest of the world. Yeah. I
0: mean, we, we did a lot of research into sort of, you know, w- what kinds of trends were happening out in the wild that we thought we could tap into. And we wanted to make sure that those were, you know, our values were aligned with what trends we were seeing in the market. And when those two things came together, we thought Ventana was going to be a hit. And so far it has been. as yeah, a yeah.
1: And we'll get more into that, into the story in just a moment. Sure. As, as entrepreneurs, as leaders, We all have mentors and and mentors are something that it's a buzzword for sure. People, you, you know, but I don't think, I don't think mentors get enough credit. Can you tell us about a story about a mentor who's impacted your life and maybe shaped your outlook?
0: Sure. I don't have any sort of formal mentor. Um, I know a lot of people like to have um, one-on-ones with a formal mentor on a more regular basis. I take inspiration um, and guidance from a variety of different people, depending on the time and the place and the context. I think for me, it's been my parents. Mm -hmm. My father has been was one of the early software entrepreneurs in the silicon Valley and he's also um, both of my parents have had a real strong focus on giving back to the community and giving back to the environment and just watching how they 've lived their lives has been an inspiration for me and has sort of helped guide my own focus areas uh, in my life both personally and professionally
1: you know it's i was going to I was gonna suggest your dad because I heard I heard through the grapevine that you have a good relationship with your your dad that that relationship's really special yeah tell me a little bit more about that so I mean both my parents are amazing they've you know yeah, been, they definitely got to represent moms yeah I mean moms
0: <laughs> moms mom's there for sure for them family was incredibly important um everything they did to succeed was around you know having a you know a strong family you know teaching you know, the kind of values around helping others and giving back to the community and that sort of thing. My parents have, my father gives a tremendous amount of time to a variety of different nonprofits uh, here in the Monterey Bay. They're both award-winning docents at the Monterey Bay Aquarium. They've spent many, many years there and, you know, they're always willing to give back to help, um, to give mentorship and guidance to others. My father has a really deep business background. um, Having founded two software startups in the Silicon Valley, he's always willing to share that information with others that need it. Just being a, you know, in our dinner table conversation was always around politics. It was always around, you know, how we talked a lot about his daily business problems and business challenges. So from a very young age, I remember, you know, thinking about entrepreneurship and what that meant and how that could actually create jobs for other people and create a, you know, a great lifestyle for
1: us. Is that something you time. guys carry over now? I mean, you have, you have two kids, right? I do. 16 and 18, is Jacob that, and Amaya. Is that uh, something
0: that you guys kind yeah. of carry forward? You know, it's, yes, we try to, it's hard given that I think now kids are much more I don't know. Maybe we were too, but I feel like our kids are out and about in the world way more than we were. You know, because they all have smartphones and we're able to stay in touch with them wherever they are. So we that generally means we give them more freedom. We travel a lot as a family, and you know, our my kids have helped with um, Ventana with my business. Um, We had started a number of years ago a nonprofit together, um, which we did for a couple of years. So we have we've tried to instill that in the kids. Um, We do try and spend good family time together, and. I always feel like I'm never quite living up to how great it was with my parents, but yeah. we're, we do our best.
1: Well, they, they, they sound pretty amazing. <laughs>
0: they're, good, they're good kids, yeah. My son starts uh, Santa Barbara City College on Tuesday, and uh, he goes down Tuesday. My daughter is a junior at Pacific Collegiate. My wife's a special ed teacher, so she's pretty amazing oh, wow. as well. That's
1: awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, congratulations on your, your awesome family. Thank you. How does the dude who gets a degree in sociology, then a master's in political science, then a job with a major well-known tech company such as Microsoft— become the co-founder of a surfboard company focused on ocean cons- conservation. Tell us the story behind that. What was the impact moment that launched you on this trajectory?
0: It's a super long story, and we don't have the entire hour or however long we're together to go over, but let me try and give you the summary. So I've always been very, very interested in politics and social justice and social issues, and that's kind of the path I took as a uh, in college. Met my wife when I was 21 at San Diego State University. She was going to become a teacher. I decided instead of going down the path of the family tech business, um, I would become a teacher too. And so I taught for a number of years uh, in inner city schools, um, did a lot of work with kids and gangs and things like that. Um, And so I always sort of had this, you know, wanting my job to be in some way connected to helping the community. My wife stopped teaching when we had our kids. And it was just too difficult to live in the Santa Cruz area on a single teacher salary. So I started to do website development in the early days of the internet on the side just to make extra money. That turned into a career path. And I had a startup during the first internet boom here in Santa Cruz that failed miserably. But I built up enough experience to wind up going to Microsoft. And I never thought I'd be at a Fortune 500 type company. I figured I'd do it for a few years and then go off and do some other... You know, education related startup or something. And I found I absolutely loved it in part because of their ethos of giving back. And I'll explain more about that. Um, So I've been at Microsoft now for 15 years, but I started doing philanthropic photography projects because I love to do portrait photography, especially in the developing world. And I started doing these projects. To, to figure out a way, I, I wanted to use my skills to give back in a more meaningful way to the community in the areas that I cared most about, homelessness, ocean conservation, and education. So I started doing these philanthropic photography projects, and Microsoft supports those. So Microsoft gives $25 an hour for every hour that their U.S. employees volunteer, and they give 100% matching for everything we donate to charity, up to $15,000 a year. Wow. So I was looking for ways to leverage that program to amplify the impact I was having in the community. So I started doing these philanthropic photography projects and Microsoft... So what I do is I do all these, you know, take pictures that are thematically related to um, a nonprofit that I'm working with. And I've worked with seven or eight of them. I've got my book now for the rest of the year, another year actually. And so I take a bunch of portraits that are related to a nonprofit. For example, um, the O'Neill Sea Odyssey. I went out for the day with kids with special needs, kids from low-income communities to take portraits of them experiencing the ocean for the first time. And then we put on a big portrait exhibit. I worked with the Homeless Garden Project and took literally documented farm to table in the faces of people, people picking the food, people preparing the food, that sort of thing. So I do these thematic projects. We put on a huge art show. Microsoft matches $25 an hour for every hour I volunteer for these projects. We sell the pictures. I donate 100% of those proceeds to the nonprofit. Microsoft matches it. Each project raises between eight dollars and $12,000 for the nonprofit. So now Microsoft is now connected to this love I have of doing portrait photography. One of the shows I did was for Surfrider Santa Cruz, where I shot over a period of months almost all the surfboard shapers in Santa Cruz County. And we put on a huge portrait exhibit here on the west side at Cafe Aveda, showcasing this amazing craftsmanship of the surfboard makers in the town. And Microsoft is involved in matching that. And we raised about $10,000 for the Surfrider Foundation. As part of that project, I got inspired to create a more eco-friendly surf company because I saw while I was shooting these shapers, the toxic resins they were using, you know, the the foam dust, the fact that the surfboards are really disposable. I mean, an average pro surfer goes through about 200 surfboards a year. Oh, wow. And they're basically disposable. So as I'm shooting this project, I'm thinking there's got to be a better way to do this. One of the people I photographed for the event was Martijn Stipout, who's my business partner. He and I joined forces and have created Ventana Surfboards and Supplies together. But it literally came out of a photography project that was supported by Microsoft. So my three worlds, photography, tech, and now surfing have come together to, to kind of fulfill me personally, but also to help us give back to the community. That's
1: amazing. And it, and it brings me back to a conversation I had, I think it was episode five with the author of a book called, the co-author of a book called Living Forward. Mm. He's a, he, he runs a company out of Oregon. He's also a surfer called Building Champions. Mm. And he said, you got to be prepared so that when your passion and your skill set meet the opportunity that exactly. you're able to take advantage right. of it and right. even if you don't have this skill set but if you have the passion and you have the opportunity you can either find someone who has a skill set or develop a skill set and so you are properly positioned and have an awareness about you to take advantage of that yeah and then surrounding myself with people that do things a lot
0: you know for example building hollow wooden surfboards i, I they don't my partner doesn't let me cut wood cuz i'll cut my fingers off yeah. so we've tried tried to sort of Surround myself with people who can complement my skills, and, and right. that's worked out really well.
1: And I, and I want to talk a little bit more about the boards sure. themselves in in a, in a moment because they are absolutely gorgeous, and each one of them is just a hundred percent history. Uh, you know, it, it's amazing. But one of the things that many entrepreneurs struggle with is clarity of purpose. Mm-hmm. And Amy Cosper, the editor in chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, said that. The number one differentiator between entrepreneurs who, who succeed and those who don't is clarity of purpose. And the opposite of clarity of purpose is, is what is commonly referred to as the curse of the and also. Yeah, we're right. going to do this, and we're also going to do this, right, and right. we're also going to do this. So how did you guys go about gaining that clarity of purpose that you needed to to get Ventana Yeah. Off the ground. I spent a weekend doing research, but also
0: thinking really deeply about how to focus on a new differentiated type of creating a new differentiated type of surf company. And we sort of landed on, and my business partner, Martine, agreed on a simple vision or a simple mission of creating the most loved surf company in the world. And sometimes we put surf in brackets because we want to create the most loved company in the world. And so that's sort of the purpose. We want to keep it focused on surf, keep it po- focused on ocean. Every time I come to my business partner and I say, hey, why, why don't we do this? Or why don't well, you could create this amazing, you know, whatever it is out of wood. You know, and he, he always pulls me back to the mission and says, you know what? We said we were going to focus on surf-related products for now. And let's, you know, let's not get into that and also yet. You know, a lot of the the marketplace trends, and I could go into much more depth on why we we, we landed on these, but we stay very focused on three brand values craftsmanship, responsibility, adventure. Everything we do has an incredibly high bar for craftsmanship. We have a very deep social and eco-responsibility story around every tiny thing we do, every product we make, every action we take. And then we try to make sure that adventure is part of everything we do. Either it inspires adventure or the products can be in most cases used out in the wild. Every single surfboard may look like an art piece, but they're all built to surf. So creating the most loved surf company in the world around three brand values, and we vet everything we're gonna do against that vision and against those brand values. And that's helped us keep very focused.
1: Hmm. So does that when you say that you want to become the most loved company in the world, those are the three things that are guiding you? That's those are the three things that are guiding us, right? And It's the most, at
0: some day, you know, maybe we're big enough to be the most loved company in the world. For now, it's surf related. But yeah, that's it. And those are the trends that we found. You know, we hear things a lot on social media like, God, I love your eco-responsibility. Or I love the beauty of that board. I love the craftsmanship. You know, or somebody who surfs it, I love how it surfs. Whenever I hear that keyword love, I know we're on the right track mm. and we hear it a lot. Yeah, so but, that's, that's a guiding principle ask, for us.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask, how are you measuring that? And that you're measuring it just by the feedback that you're getting. Yeah, a lot right? of it's anecdote, but I pay very close attention to that anecdote. I mean, mm. I'm
0: the one that's on social media every day, all day, and I want to know exactly what our customers are saying at all times about us. And if, if there's ever a time when somebody says, you know, a comment that makes me think we're not meeting that bar... I'm immediately on it, you know, asking for feedback or clarifying something, but it's all about, you know, creating a brand that people love.
1: Want to I want to jump into the boards themselves, sure. you know, because they're they're as I said earlier, they're incredibly beautiful and as a as a local here in Santa Cruz, just the amount of history that goes into each board is is astounding. But building a community and building a tribe and having great partners, we we know that that's essential to long-term success. For any company, let alone a, a company like yours, and you guys seem to have developed both an incredible tribe, but also great partners that yeah. you're sourcing all of this stuff from. How did you do it? Maybe you can yeah. take us like through the the design process.
0: Sure. So the, the it all comes back to the responsibility, brand value. Um, my business partner Martine's been building these gorgeous boards for about six years. We formed a company together two years ago, and. You know, in my tech job at Microsoft, it's, you know, Microsoft has built itself entirely, not entirely, but in large part on partnerships and, you know, doing business development deals for mutual benefit, win-win with other companies. And so I sort of took that approach to how we're building Ventana. And the short version of what we're doing is we're taking other people's trash and we're turning it into amazing products. So we... Set out early on, we created something called the Upcycle Ventana Upcycle Partner Program. And it's kind of a no-brainer for businesses who are local. The pitch is pretty simple. You guys are throwing away a bunch of really cool materials, and oftentimes it's wood, although not entirely, like we use um, wetsuit. For our body surfing hand planes, we use neoprene pieces for our straps that come from the production of O'Neill wetsuits here in, in uh, the R&D of O'Neill wetsuits here in Santa Cruz. but. We say, hey, you've got a bunch of wood offcuts that you're going to throw away. Instead of you having to deal with throwing them away, we'll just come and take them from you. And then we'll market your company as environmentally responsible. And every time we get press, like this discussion, for example, right here, or... Uh, any of the features that we've had on television or radio or in the news or in magazines, we talk about our partners. So essentially, they're getting free marketing for yeah. their trash, and we're getting the best materials in the world that we probably couldn't afford otherwise. Yeah, I mean, you know, exotic offcuts from the Santa Cruz Guitar Company. I was going to say,
1: I'm a guitar player. so Yeah. I, I, well, you know Santa Cruz Guitar. Yeah, they're unbelievable, yeah, right?
0: Yeah. Richard Hoover founded it in 1976, and they make guitars for, you know, they've done Derek Clapton and Johnny Cash and Elvis Costello and Jimmy Buffett, some of the best musicians in the world. They also happen to have some of the best most beautiful exotic sustainable woods in the world. But pieces get offcuts. Every Friday my business partner drives over there, picks up a van load of offcuts, and we have an exclusive partnership with them. So while somebody else could make another beautiful hollow wooden surfboard, no one else is able to make it with gorgeous offcuts from the most beautiful guitars in the world made here in Santa Cruz. So for example, we have a giant trash bin of just ebony offcuts. And we can use those ebony oh, wow. pieces and boards, Indian rosewood, Honduras mahogany. We've got a piece of wood from, uh, that was found in the Czech Republic that's 8,000-year-old oak that was in a swamp. I mean, the stories are just every tiny little piece of wood is unreal. We use wine barrels from the Soquel Vineyards. We have um, offcuts from Naughty Hole Woodworks in Palo Alto, wood from this, uh, the boardwalk from the roller coaster. We have old cedar benches from the Monterey Bay Aquarium. Um, every one of our shirts has a hang tag on it that has a leash cord that's off cut from cords mugs, which are produced here in Santa Cruz from paracord. So we basically said, Hey, we've got, we, we, we need materials instead of stuff going to the landfill, let's turn it into product and let's do it for mutual benefit. So companies are getting free marketing for their trash. And now people are coming to us and saying, I've got this, we've got that. We've got the other thing. Uh, I'll end by saying, you know, one of the coolest things we have right now is wood from John Steinbeck's original house in Pacific Grove. Oh,
1: I, was that the one that you guys posted? And it was like super, like cryptic. You took a picture so of there's it on a cryptic, Facebook.
0: There's some cryptic stuff that we've posted that will be announced shortly. Oh, okay, um, that I can't quite talk about yet because there's a, an exclusive magazine article that's going to come out about it in a national uh, publication. But it's it's going to one up that. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's it's pretty neat. It's been a really fun journey, just partnering with local companies to to turn their trash into beautiful products.
1: Yeah, I mean you're you're a living, breathing example of Stephen Covey's creating win-win exactly scenarios. Yeah. And instead of having to spend tens of thousands of dollars acquiring this material and, and yeah. cost of goods and all that stuff, I mean. You, you're, you're, they're giving it to you for this, this exposure.
0: Yeah. And we've tried to come up with, you know, anytime we have a product idea, the first thing we think about is what trash is available to make it. We launched When we launched the company, we didn't launch by saying yet another surf company. We said new local surf company turns beach trash into holiday gifts. And we're still doing this. We have save our shores collect every time there's a beach, a a glass bottle found on any beach cleanup. We ask them to save it Hmm. and they give it to us. We have them cut, we turn them into cedar-scented soy wax candles, we sell them in the holidays, and then we give profits back to Save Our Shores. We're now Save Our Shores Ocean Business of the Year, so, you know, pro quo, it works out great. And now we're finding other uses for those bottles. We have a local artist, we have a featured artist program, he's turning the bottles into bird feeders with reclaimed wood, and the bottle is upside down with the bird seed in it you know, we wanted to make candles that smelled like wood. and We said, God, instead of buying Chinese made glass, let's get the beach trash from Santa Cruz and turn them into bottles and then promote Save Our Shores work. So we always think trash first. And it turns out sometimes we can get better materials that are trash than we
1: can buying them new. This episode is brought to you by the Lawton Marketing Group Connect with them now for a complimentary competitive analysis of your website. Just tell them the Impact Entrepreneur told you to call. When you were getting ready to launch this company and your partner had already kind of been building these boards and then you guys joined forces and and launched Ventana to the at the point to the point where it is now, what kind of fears did you have to overcome did you face you know i
0: still have the same fears i think i have two fears one of them was one of them was failing although that one was probably less of a fear because if you fail quickly you realize that hey it's not going to work this vision we have of kind of a a brand that's more targeted for soul surfers maybe an older crowd as opposed to you know 16 year olds that want flashy stuff you know we weren't sure if that was going to work turned out it's working but I was worried that it, you know it was going to fail. But if it failed, we would have just shut it down and said, you know, this new concept of you know eco apparel that's surf related that wasn't going to work. So no harm, no foul. The bigger fear, and I kind of we're kind of in this place right now, was it's not a massive success that turns you know that looks like it's on a track to turn into a billion dollar business in the next couple of years. It's more kind of successful, but in the in the mid rung. Mm-hmm. which means that I still have my day job and I still love my day job, but it's not at a place where I'm going to be leaving my day job anytime soon. So sometimes just balancing, you know, trying to keep Ventana moving forward, but making sure that I'm not risking, you know, where I actually make my money. That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of a, there's always this tension there that creates some fear because I, I, I want Ventana to be successful, but I also need to make sure that I am able to support my family at the same time.
1: I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs that face the same conflict, how do you, how do you work through that tension?
0: Well, part of it, part of it is that my kids are older, so I have more time. I have uh, Microsoft now lets me work from home. So we're doing this interview in an 80-square-foot office in my backyard that we built that I work out of. So just the fact that I'm not commuting you know, two to three hours a day does give me extra time. I'm a little more flexible with my time. I'll sometimes work really late on Microsoft stuff if I take an extra half an hour to work on Ventana during the day or doing interview like I'm doing right now. And so um, the flexibility of not having to commute over the hill into the Silicon Valley has helped a great deal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you have a great vision and and mission for the company. So as you continue down that path toward becoming the most loved surf company, how do you protect the inspiration behind that from being overcome by a growing institution?
0: I mean I think one way is and this is also another challenge right to grow at some point we may need to take on investors and be beholden to you know other people that are involved in the company and we got some guidance you know we met with one of the founders of North Face early on and we've met with some venture capitalists and others and we've gotten pretty consistent guidance that you know don't take on any partners don't take on any investors if you can help it For as long as possible, bootstrap it as much as you can, as long as you can, forever if you can, so that you're able to have the control to stay focused on your brand values and on your mission. And so far, we've been able to do that, and hopefully we'll be able to do that going forward.
1: So uh, one of the things I'm working on personally is a book or an ebook or or something to give away to people about courage. Because as as we talked about earlier, clarity of purpose is the number one differentiator between successful companies and companies that aren't successful. But in order to even get to that point, you have to have the courage to act. And I think we all have a kind of a textbook understanding of what it means to to have courage, Mm -hmm. but there's a a difference between the real live understanding of courage and you've experienced it in a a lot of different ways. So kind of how has your understanding of courage, you know, developed over the course of your entire career from inner-city teacher, school teacher, to uh, trying to provide for a family, to, you know, balancing Microsoft and the pursuit of this
0: amazing company. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I don't I don't ever think of myself as courageous. For me, it's just been anytime I have some crazy idea or something I want to follow or some trip we want to take or um, some new company I want to start, my wife has always been there to support me and to sometimes tell me where I'm crazy. And oftentimes Mm -hmm. to just say, yep, if it's what you want to go do, go do it. And also looking at my dad and the courage that he had to start a brand new company in a brand new industry in 1972, when no one knew what software was, I look at that and I say, you know what, if you've got the right focus, if you've got the right purpose of mission, um, and if you're passionate about what you're doing, just go do it. And that, I don't know, the concept of courage doesn't always, doesn't kind of hit me um, I never think of myself as courageous. I think of myself as having really supportive people and
1: role models that have given me maybe the courage to go do what I do. Yeah. So the actual meaning of courage is heart. So if you think about it this way, interesting. If you think about it, it's a it's a Latin rooted word, core. corazón in Spanish. Okay. Yeah. And so if you think about so the word courage means heart, but to take it even further, so when you are feeling discouraged or you've discouraged someone, mm. that means you've taken from their heart versus encouraging or feeling encouraged somebody's added to your heart. Interesting. It, it kind of frames it in a little bit of a different way when you understand the meaning of that word. Yeah. And there's a difference between courage and confidence. Yeah, that's interesting.
0: I mean, I guess it took me a long time to, in the concept of sort of giving heart or, you know, lifting people up. It took me a long time in my life to realize that, and 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 I don't always do well at it. My wife, you know, lets me know that when I don't, (laughs) but I'm realizing that, you know, boosting people up and giving people, you know, making sure people understand that I have confidence in them, whether it's my kids. And again, I don't always do a great job there, but I try my business partner, the people I work with in my day job, Maybe some of that is just having the courage to to basically say, "Wow, you did a great job. You did better than I did. You did better than I could. You compliment me in ways that you know are really important for my own success and and kind of putting that out there and being humble um, has been a, a huge life lesson for me just over the last few years. Um, I don't know how that ties into courage necessarily, but. Finding strengths in other people and helping boost people up around those strengths to complement the things that I'm doing have been really
1: helpful. I think it, it makes sense because in you know you had you had this moment where you were photogra- photographing these board builders, you saw this opportunity, but you had no experience in in it. But in that instant, you saw like this. You you had this. You saw this greater vision, even if it was just kind of cloudy. But it, it takes humility and it takes heart. Yeah to move forward in that direction. And the fact that your mission is to be the most loved surf company in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing but heart and courage behind that. And you have to take, you have to buck everything. Yeah. That every other company is doing in order to fulfill that.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. I think, I think you're right. So
1: high five to you. Yeah. Thank you.
0: (laughs) I hope that shows up on the mic. You can hear the high five.
1: (laughs) Yeah, cool. Thanks. Is Ventana surfboards and supplies something that you want to be remembered for?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think about it probably way more than I should. Like I don't, it's it's sort of morbid, but I oftentimes think about like, you know, what people will say about me when I die and the types of people that may speak at my memorial or whatever, and what what will they say? And I don't know if that motivates me necessarily, but I think a lot about it. I don't. I think Ventana itself maybe isn't the thing I want to be remembered for, but I want to be remembered for all of the good that I, I hopefully did or encouraged other people to do for society, for the community, for where I live, that underlies everything I've done. When I think about my photography and all the philanthropic work I've done with it, when I think about the whole ocean conservation focus and some of the industry-leading things we're thinking about and doing for Ventana… Um, when I hopefully have instilled some of those things in my kids as they get older and are giving back in the same sorts of ways, I'm hope, I hope that I'm remembered for that and for helping make other people better. One of the things I try to do is I, I don't know that I've ever turned down. If anyone emails me, calls me, texts me and says, Hey, I heard you might be good at X, or I heard you might know somebody on this topic, or I heard you might have some expertise here. Are you willing to meet and talk? I will never say no. Hmm. And so, you know, hoping that I've made other people better and made the community better is what I hope I'm remembered for. And if I can do that through things like Ventana, great. That's powerful.
1: If there's one thing you want listeners to remember from our conversation today, what would it be? Use your skills to give back in a way that's meaningful in areas that you care about.
0: I care about the ocean. I care about education. I care about uh, helping people who are homeless in the community. And I've tried to use my skills to create projects and businesses that are focused on those areas. Find what you're passionate about and see if you can amplify it for social good.
1: I want to really uh, take a moment just to say I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate you as an entrepreneur having the heart and the courage to to see this amazing opportunity and to take your passion and to take advantage of that opportunity and find somebody with the skill set to partner with to fulfill that vision and then carry it on to these other companies who are, who are your, your partners and building this great community. I mean, we have such an amazing entrepreneurial spirit here in Santa Cruz. It doesn't really get talked about enough and I'm making it a point to interview more people from Santa Cruz. Um, so I just wanted to to take a moment to to acknowledge you for that and, and say thank you. Thank you. How can our listeners connect with you, interact with you? You mentioned a lot of things, your photography, your nonprofits, I think the
0: best the best way to do it would be um, on the email I actually work on outlook.com and Skype at Microsoft I work on monetization for those services so I'm very focused on Skype and um, email types of communication for my daily life um, David at Ventana is probably the best way to get in touch with me um, and I'm extremely responsive on email uh, and then Ventana surfboards is on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube. And so I, and I'm paying attention to every like and comment and follow. So you can always get me on those social media platforms as well. But David at is the best place to get me.
1: Awesome. Well, David, thank you so much for joining us on the Impact Entrepreneur Show today. It was a pleasure having you on. Thank you very much. It was a terrific talking with you. David Dennis, thank you for sharing your important insight, passion, and purpose with our listeners today. I love the vision of becoming the most loved surf company in the world. And it's clear that when you combine passion, purpose, and community into a business, big things can happen. If you missed any of the key points we've got you covered, head over to www.theimpactentrepreneur.net forward slash 29 for all the key points and highlights of our conversation And while you're there, be sure to support our sponsors, the Lawton Marketing Group, and Unstuck Life Courses. We are blessed to have them as our partners and are confident that they will have a game-changing impact in your life and in your business. Share your ideas and talents by joining our awesome Facebook community. Great stuff is beginning to happen there. And you can opt in to that community by heading over to www.theimpactentrepreneur.net forward slash group. Last and certainly not least, thank you, Cody and the Podcast Masters team for helping me produce a quality show. I could not do this without you. Until next time, go make an impact.